0: Before we start, I have an announcement. My next book of poetry, Out of the Dust, is now available for purchase from Amazon.com. Out of the Dust is a collection of poems inspired by the Book of Mormon and is generally concurrent with the weekly readings in the Come Follow Me resource published by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'll repeat this reminder at the beginning of each episode throughout November and December during which Out of the Dust will be on sale for 50% off regular price. That's just $6 per copy for the paperback version. That's Out of the Dust, Book of Mormon Poems by Mary Jane Rice. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Follow, a Latter-day Saint scripture poetry podcast. My name is Mary Jane Rice, Thank you for joining me today. The reading this week is 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John and the General Epistle of Jude. The poem I'm sharing today was inspired by some of the symbols John used to teach about Jesus Christ's nature, as recorded in 1st John chapter 5. If you'd like to read along, you can find this poem on my website at maryjanerice.com. Let's begin. Life eternal is this, to be God born by water, for birth, washing, death, by blood, for family, sin, sacrifice, by spirit, for truth, light, cleansing fire, to all agree in one, by plan, by execution, by word. The epistle that inspired this poem is attributed to John the son of Zebedee, who was one of the original Twelve Apostles. He is the same one sometimes referred to as John the Beloved or John the Revelator. I get the impression that John was well-educated, even if that education was self-taught. His writing draws on philosophical ideas of the day and somewhat esoteric, poetic imagery. I think reading a more modern translation of his words is helpful in understanding what he's trying to convey, as well as reading background and study helps about his epistles. Um, Many of these are available on the church website. The Encyclopedia Britannica gives this summary of the first epistle of John. It was apparently addressed to a group of churches where false prophets denied the incarnation of Jesus and caused a secession so substantial that the Orthodox remnant was sadly depleted. The faithful were deeply disturbed that the heresy found favor among pagans, and they apparently felt inferior because those who had left their midst claimed to have profound mystical experiences. The heretics asserted that they possessed perfection, were born of God, and were without sin. By placing themselves above the commandments they in fact sanctioned moral laxity." So John was responding to these problems in his epistle by encouraging the remaining saints to continue to keep the commandments in faith and by reiterating the true doctrine about the reality of Jesus and his atonement. John uses symbolism to convey the ideas he's trying to teach. In particular, he talks about spirit, water and blood. In 1 John chapter 5, verses 6 through 8, he wrote, This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree in one. Those verses are a little complicated. I found them to be a little complicated. So I interpreted them for the purposes of this poem in the light of the Lord's teachings to Adam, as recorded in Moses chapter 6, verse 59. That reads... Inasmuch as ye were born into the world by water, and blood, and the Spirit, which I have made, and so became of dust a living soul, even so ye must be born again into the kingdom of heaven, of water, and of the Spirit, and be cleansed by blood, even the blood of mine only begotten, that ye may be sanctified from all sin, and enjoy the words of eternal life in this world, and eternal life in the world to come, even immortal glory. So in this poem, each of these three symbols, water, blood, and spirit, represents three different types of birth or rebirth that we must undergo on the path to eternal life. It's kind of cool, this three within three symbolism. For example, take the first stanza of the poem. With it, I posit that the first symbol, water, represents three things. Birth, referring to the amniotic fluid or water that breaks during labor. Baptism, which represents washing and rebirth. And death. Many poems and other literary works, both ancient and modern, use water to symbolize physical death. Think of all the spiritual songs that talk about crossing the River Jordan into the Promised Land. This is a mixed image of death from this world and rebirth into the next world. I won't explain every way I interpreted the symbols of spirit water and blood in this poem, but take a moment to think about these images yourself and maybe as you study the scriptures in the future, you can look for these symbols used in other contexts. Like I said, John was pretty cool and very a very intelligent and thoughtful person. I like the way he writes and the way he thinks. Now I'll read the poem for you again. Life eternal Is this, to be God-born by water, for birth, washing, death, by blood, for family, sin, sacrifice, by spirit, for truth, light, cleansing fire, to all agree in one, by plan, by execution, by word. That's all for today. You can find more of my poetry at facebook.com slash Saint Poetry or visit MaryJaneRice.com. That's M-E-R-R-I-J-A-N-E-Rice.com. My contact information is in the show notes. Thank you for listening. May your time spent in the scriptures this week be rewarding.